Ah, I'm back. It feels good to be back. I haven't done a podcast in six months. I always have ideas like, okay, the next one I'm going to do next week is going to be about blah, blah, blah. And six months have passed. So I have a list of things that have happened in the last six months that I will talk about either in this podcast or the next. I was looking at, you know, Anchor, which houses this podcast, has these like metrics and I started reading the metrics and then I the last podcast I did it said that people only listen a certain amount of time uh, to my podcast and it just super fucking hurt my feelings and I got all bummed out and then I just was like fuck it but I love talking and there are some of you who like to listen to me and maybe some other people will explore um okay first of all okay I'm using the notes feature on the on the you know Apple has the notes feature which I've never used before in fact, let me pull it up because it took notes on what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> okay, this is what I said. I'm being modern. I wrote this notes. I wrote this on the notes app. I always wonder when I see rappers in the booth with their phones. It's like, where is their physical notepad? I agree. So this must be the feature that you type all your verses. Even, I don't know if anybody watches Love and Hip Hop, but Erica Mena, when she married Safari, her vows were like on her phone. So it must be on this note feature. So I'm using it. I'm trying to be modern, even though I'm the type of old school person that writes things down on a pad and paper. That's just how I do. And that's how I feel comfortable. In fact, uh, I started this job five months ago. I won't get into the specifics except for the fact that they are super uptight about knowing all kinds of technology. And sometimes they don't take into consideration that some people still write with pads and paper. I had to have a conversation with them about that. Like, you know what? I'm 45 plus and I don't always, you know, do the type of work on, on, you know, the computer the way that you guys do. And I wish that you would take that under consideration and not have me fucking have to do everything, you know, like calendar, everything's a fucking computer and it's like so irritating. They kind of heard me because it sort of was bordering on age discrimination. <laughs> so now they're trying to be a little bit nicer to me about my lack of technology. Okay, so it's June 27th. It's Monday. So it's the weekend passed since the... One of the reasons I, I sort of paused on the podcast a little bit was because there's a lot of political things that I'd like to talk about. But I'm so fucking freaked out about getting canceled especially before this like podcast super takes off that I'm like, shit, I can't touch that. I won't do this. I will say the Roe versus Wade uh, overturn happened on Friday morning. And the first thing I woke up to Friday morning at 5 a.m. was the overturn. And it just made me feel just so sad and gross and scared, you know? It's a really weird energy to have the first thing you wake up. And I was alone. My boyfriend's out of town. And I was alone and I just sort of was sitting with that funk and it, it sort of was on me all day. And then I would go into the, the same job where no one realizes that you can take notes on a pad with pad and paper. And like, nobody talked about it. None of the women there talked about it. It was, okay, forgive me. They talked about it for about 20 seconds when we were at, uh, they had like a potluck lunch. And they were like, this woman had these earrings on and they were indigenous earrings. And she's like, I'm... She basically was saying that the indigenous earrings had something to do with the trail of tears, which is what she's feeling in this moment. And that's literally, it didn't, the conversation didn't take off after that about how we felt as women, about how we felt as Americans, anything. It just fucking was so stale and phony and it pissed me off. 
And I was like, wow. And there was five women at the table. No one wanted to engage. I don't know if it was fear. I don't know if it's because uh, out here in Hawaii, uh, where I stay, people sometimes tend to live in this like alternate reality where they want to pretend everything is great. And they moved here to get away from real life. But real life is very much present here in terms of problems, in terms of financial stuff, in terms of class stuff, race stuff. It's really here, but I think people want to like act like it's not. And that sort of has a beginning to get on my nerves. So anyway, um, you know, I'm sitting with the funk all day. No women wanted to talk about it. No men want to talk about it. I came home. I watched CNN. I watched Bill Maher. And, um, you know, I got a text from my boyfriend about uh, that he, he's out of town and he was in a location where there was a protest. And if only there was a protest here, I would have been really happy about that. But there wasn't. And, uh, you know, he just was basically like, have a good night because he's like five hours ahead. <laughs> and he, I just I just went off and I was like, you know, I feel sad, you know, uh, the, hypocr- the hypocrisy of Kavanaugh and Clarence Thomas and men in power and men stomping on women and, you know, it, all of this came out in a text message when all he was asking was like, I hope you have a good night. How was your day? And um, I don't know. I just feel sad. I feel uh, people who know me and I'm not going to get it too into it here. Let's just say I had a job where men in power, I saw the role that men in power have over women. And um, I won't say more than that. I'm not ready to talk about that publicly on this podcast. I did uh, anonymously write an article about my experience. Um, and all I know is that certain things trigger this experience. And this um, Romy Lee overturn really triggered that for me. I remember when I saw Clarence Thomas uh, swearing in Trump, I just felt sick. And uh, his true colors have shown through. Again, I don't want to get super into this because I'm scared. I'm kind of still scared to go here. But I have a lot of sadness for what's happening in this country, and I'm scared. And I'll say it, and if you don't like it, you don't have to listen to me anymore. I think Ruth Bader Ginsburg was a very selfish woman who should have retired when she knew it was uh, ample time for Obama to... That's just my opinion. I just am sad. Uh, And I'll go from there. Okay, how do you transition from that into the BET Awards? (laughs) Okay, so last night I watched the BET Awards. Okay, so in the last month I watched the MTV Movie Awards and the BET Awards. Both I haven't watched in like their entireties in years, like years, okay? Sometimes I'd watch like the BET Awards when Prince got a lifetime achievement or something like that. But this whole like watching a full award show is something I haven't done in shit years and years and years because... I used to live and die for award shows, the Grammys, the AM, the American Music Awards, the VMAs. Uh, when I got a chance to work at the VMAs back in the early 2000s, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Anyway, so I watched the, the BET Awards. Um, my boyfriend, again, was out of town and I get to put the music really loud and watch all the kinds of shows that the BET Awards, I have to explain who 90% of the people are and that takes a lot of time. So anyway, I was home alone. I watched the BET Awards. At first, I'm like, okay, give it a few minutes. And then I was like, am I going to know any of these artists? But I opened my mind to some new artists, and it bums me out because I used to be aware of, like, I used to be so on top of every new artist, and I never thought there'd be a day where I wasn't totally in the loop for everyone that came out. So 
Okay, these were the artists I knew. I knew Lizzo. I liked Taraji Henson. She was a great host. She's she's a little older than me, so I was like, okay. They were, they were, I thought the BET Awards did a really good job on balancing the, uh, you know, the 40 pluses and the youngers. They sort of had a, a older woman host, but she's very hip and cool. And so she, she worked and then they peppered in like the Tisha Campbell with the Martin uh, reboot or not the Martin reunion that they put on BET plus. So they came out, they talked about how young people know Martin. And then they did the whole uh, tribute to uh, Diddy and bad boy. And that was a really great, here's the thing. I remember being in New York in 1997 when this bad boy family was huge. I worked at a radio station that all we played was bad boy family music. In fact, I remember we used to have people that did phone ops. They used to answer the phone and take requests, right? And I remember this one guy was like, can you, people would call up and they would just want a, you know, a locks record or a puppy record or a biggie record, right? And I remember that uh, this one phone up was like, can you give me something that isn't bad boy family? <laughs> so I remember being in the East Coast at this time. Did I like a lot of their music? Eh. I liked Lil' Kim, I liked, um, I wouldn't say I liked Puffy's music per se, and I definitely didn't like the Lox's music, I thought it, they just didn't appeal to me, and I met them and they weren't very nice, but that's another story. I love how the guy Styles P from the Lox is literally on every reality show about uh, his marriage, and actually I like him, he was on, uh, he was on Marriage Boot Camp, and now he's on Couples Therapy with his wife, and I actually do respect him now as an older man. Anyway, I digress. So they did this tribute to Puffy, and it was really cool to see the people in the audience that loved music that were younger really appreciating these classic songs, right? So at first they had, uh, you know, Jodeci come out, and they were missing one guy, but I don't know where he was, but Jodeci came out, and then it was like Lil' Kim, and then it was, uh, well, Faith was until the end, it was, oh, fucking they got Shine to come from Belize and uh, sing that song, his big song. Um, I remember going to the Bad Boy Reunion tour at the end of 2015, or was it, no, I'm sorry, it was the end of 2016, I went in Oakland, and Shine did his song, but like on video from Belize, so here he was, I was like, shit, and that was really what was fun about the way they did the, the Diddy tribute was all of these random people just sort of came out unexpectedly, uh, the locks, and then, oh, Mary J. Blige. Obviously, Mary J. Blige came out. I was always a Mary fan, but like it was just fun to watch. Nostalgia was like at 100%. It was great. I even cried. I think because I was just reminiscing about that time and working in New York and that music and like how all of this, those were good songs to dance to, quite frankly. And now a lot of the mumbly rap and stuff, it just sucked. Puffy could still dance. Uh, Busta Rhymes came out. Uh, he was getting a little older. Uh, he was a little slower. Um, and then, you know, I'm not going to lie. I was really moved by it. I was like, I was alone in the house with the, the cat <laughs> and I put the volume up and I was just like, oh shit, it's, it's so-and-so. Oh shit. Is that so-and-so? Cause you know, they, they're a little older and I can't see as well. And I'm like, wait, is that so-and-so? So it was really fun. And then, uh, Kanye came out and I felt sucked the air out of the room with his, uh, I, I, I think the sentiment in his, his introduction to Puffy was beautiful and cool. And I really, his love of, of the, the, the old school hip hop is, is great, you know, that he acknowledges that. And when I watched Kanye's documentary, the first two parts were really about that and it made me like him. 
But then he went on and on and on and just sort of took out the energy and the space of the room. So I really enjoyed the BET Awards. I found myself watching the whole four hours. Um, there was a couple, okay, there are new artists that I like who I actually know. LMA, I like her. I like Lotto. Um, and then there were some people they had on like those special features, Jack Ross, I like him. And then I learned about some people last night. Who's that girl? She was the girl, I forgot her name. I'm supposed to have the list of people that performed and I can't find it. Um, I emailed myself the list of performers last night just so I could talk about it on the podcast. There was a girl, she did a performance, really, what I'm sensing is there's kind of a let's go back to Neo Soul sound coming back and I am all here for it because I was a Neo Soul fan before it was called Neo Soul. You know, fucking Maxwell, D'Angelo, Erica Badu, Dion Ferris. All, I mean, I, I have every single artist that was a Neo Soul artist is up in my, yeah, I said it in my CDs. Um, how come I can't find them? There was a girl who performed last night who was awesome and she had like a style. Beat award performers. Let's, let's Google it. <laughs> so we have the complete list of winners. Oh no, I don't winners. I want people that perform shit. Okay, let's go back. Um, performers. You know, I never was a Bruno Mars fan. I just found that he was a modern day version of Linda Ronstadt, like just copying different styles and trying to imitate. I used to call Bruno Mars a human karaoke machine. And I, I still kind of feel that way. However, I do love how much he loves old school music. And uh, it's evident in his Silk Sonic project. And whenever he's at an award show, he really, really goes hard and appreciates stuff. And he won, and he asked for uh, Bootsy Collins to get an honorary award, and I thought that was very cool. Oh, here's the girl I liked. Her name was Mooney Long. She was cool. Her song was awesome. So I'm going to follow her now. See, so I was watching it with an open mind, and now I'm going to follow. Oh, Brandy came out and did the rap with that guy Jack Harlow, who didn't know who she was. So sad when I see stuff like that, like... You never watched Moesha? You never even saw it in syndication? You don't know she's Ray J's sister? I mean, dude, she was way more famous before Ray J. Anyway, that made me sad. Anyway, all long story short, I really liked the BET Awards. I'd watch it again if I had the opportunity. Now let's go to the MTV Movie Awards, which I also watched. Did I take notes? I hope I did. Okay, so it was like a beginning of June the MTV Movie Awards were on. Again, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to give it a chance. Um, this was not as well done to me as the BET Awards in terms of inclusion. They threw Snoop on there as the DJ, and that's about it. And <laughs> then they gave J-Lo an award. Um, it was kind of confusing. Thank God that I like love, love, love Euphoria the TV show, because if I didn't watch Euphoria, I wouldn't have been able to keep up with the show. They referenced it a lot. The girl who, uh, the, the girl, I can't think of her, Cassie. Uh, she won, Zendaya won. A lot of people won that. If you don't watch Euphoria, you have no idea what's going on. Uh, Vanessa Hudgens hosted it. I do like her. I think she is gorgeous, and I don't know why she doesn't get as much hype as she should. I think she's really, really beautiful and talented. And I think she should be on Only Murders in the Building instead of Selena Gomez, who makes that show unbearable to watch. I have watched, I was on United, so I take United a lot. And it's a great time for me to stream shows that I don't stream. I don't really stream, I just have HBO Max. And Peacock, because I have to watch The Ultimate Girls Trip. But I watch a lot of shows on United, and I did watch Only Murders in the Building, and 
and I was like, what is she doing on here? Okay, so back to the MTV Movie Awards. We had Jack Black get an honorary uh, award from Aquafina. I literally think the people in the audience who all skewed about 25 and up didn't know who he was. And then they announced Tenacious D, like people are going to know what Tenacious D is, who they are. They were, it just sort of made me sad because I think Jack Black is a genius. And it just seemed to me a little bit unbalanced, like I said. You've got all of the youth. Oh, they had the best music documentary and it was like the Kanye documentary was nominated. The Beatles documentary was nominated, but they awarded Olivia Rodrigo. And I just was like, what the fuck? So... Uh, J-Lo gets up there. She won twice. Uh, Howard Stern has a better recap on this than I. Uh, you know, I'm just so sick of her. I, I've been sick of her since 20 years ago. She never does anything that makes me like her, ever. So I'm not even going to get into it that much. Um, what else happened on that award show? Vanessa Hudgens changed outfits. Snoop Dogg played music. Uh, J-Lo won and was talking about all the people that didn't like her. And, and then that coincides with that documentary that she put out on Netflix that I'll be damned if I'm ever going to watch it, but I've read all about it and I've listened to tons of podcasts about it. And she's just not a likable chick. I'm sorry. She just not. It's just really interesting to watch these award shows as a person that's older, because it's just like, I remember the heydays of the Grammys and the, and the, and the Oscars and all this stuff that was like amazing to watch, you know, with, with, even when I would watch the Grammys, because I was so into music, I was really interested in the other genres. Like they would have a country performance, a classical, uh, jazz, and I would sit and watch the whole thing. And it was just more accessible. And the people were superstars, in my opinion. And it just doesn't seem like that anymore. But, okay, then after the MTV Movie Awards, they had the MTV, uh, like, Unscripted, which was for reality TV. Uh, I guess people would say that was more for my age. <laughs> it was a lot of Real Housewives nominated. Uh, Teresa Giudice was there with the... Uh, I can't think of... Oh, the couple from 90 Day One, Alexi and Lauren. Best couple. So that was... I think they created that show for people who were like my age that are getting old that tend to put more of their focus on reality shows than, than music. And... Uh, quite frankly, I enjoyed the music one more than I, the reality one was like, you know, kind of want to be celebrities trying really hard. Um, a lot of people weren't comfortable reading teleprompters and you could tell, and it was kind of painful. Yeah. And Dorinda from the girls trip. Oh, Paris Hilton got nominated or she won something. I didn't care, but I, I, I sort of rewound fast forward where I didn't fast forward the movie awards. So that was interesting. Let's see. God, there's a whole list of stuff that I want to talk about from the last six months. Okay, how about this? I'm going to cover all of the things that I haven't talked about in the last six months on the next podcast. So this will be a, this is a teaser for part two. Okay. In the meantime, these are things, this is what my notes say. This is actual paper notes I took. Kanye doc, Janet Jackson doc, loved. Will Smith, Chris Rock, Oscar thing. Oh yeah, that requires more time. Am I too old to love Euphoria the way I do? God, I love that show. It's just so well done. I think Zendaya is a, a genius. I think she's a brilliant actress. Uh, what else was I going to talk about? What happened in the last six months? Super Bowl halftime. West Coast rap. Who do I wish was there? Why weren't they there? Uh, where was Warren G? Uh, just to, just that is the beginning of the iceberg and what I'm going to talk about. Johnny Depp, Amber Heard. Loved. I just watched Amber Heard on the Dateline. It was kind of boring. 
Black China Kardashian trial. Ugh. God, I wanted her to win so bad. Oh, J-Lo and Shakira. I already talked about that. Britney's wedding. How I don't care. <laughs> Why was Drew Barrymore there? Um, so that's, that'll be my uh, part two. Uh, thank you for listening. It's great to be back. And again, this is Terry's Unlimited Voice, a Gen Xer's take on everything from pop culture to being a 40-something. I am Terry D. Thank you for listening. Talk to you again soon.